Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 123. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. My name is Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned business growth strategist, helping entrepreneurs around the world to make six and seven figure leaps in their business. Each week, we bring you multiple episodes designed to help you go further faster in accomplishing your goals and dreams. Now let's get down to business. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host, Kelly Roach, and I am thrilled to have with me here today, Joe Polizzi. Joe, welcome to the show. Kelly, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be on. Well, you obviously are touching entrepreneurs and businesses around the world. So many of our audience members, I'm sure, already know who you are. But just for those that don't, that have been under a rock somewhere, um, just so that you guys know, Joe is the founder of the Content Marketing Institute. This is the leading education and training organization for content marketing, which includes the largest in-person content marketing event in the world called the Content Marketing World Conference. Joe is the winner of the 2014 Caldwell Lifetime Achievement Award from the Content Council, and his fourth book, Content Inc., was just released. His third book, Epic Content Marketing, was named one of the five must-read business books of the year by Fortune Magazine. You can find Twitter. You can find Joe on Twitter at Joe Pelizzi. And if you ever see Joe in person, he'll be wearing. Orange. Now, that was a short bio, and I don't feel like that in any way, shape, or form encompasses everything that you do. Is there anything that you would want to add to that, Joe? Oh, geez. Uh, by the way, I am actually wearing orange. I know nobody can see me right now. <laughs> I was going to ask. I, I get up every morning, and I put on something orange, and it's just the, the way we roll. It's part of the part of the business branding, which we could talk about some of that later if you want to, Kelly. But probably the only thing that's different is, as related to the people listening to this right now, is I started the business in 2007, did a pivot in 2010 to what is now the Content Marketing Institute. And just a few months ago, we, we sold the company. Uh, so we had a, an amazing exit. Uh, to a company called UBM, and uh, so I, I lived. I've lived the full journey of an entrepreneur through to exit, and it's been amazing. And and I guess part of the you know part of my Content Inc. book that I sort of talked about some of the secrets of how, how to build an audience and then how to monetize that. Um, I think that's what all entrepreneurs ultimately want, right? You want to be able to get up every day, be passionate about what you do, but but uh, create an environment especially financially, where you can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. It just takes a long time to get there and a lot of work. And and I feel if you build an audience around um, being the expert at something, but producing content and distributing it the way you do, Kelly, the way that we do at Content Marketing Institute, I think that's absolutely the best way to do it today. And you have the least amount of risk to do it that way because of the, we can reach people anywhere in the world today, but we have to have something substantial to say. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, Joe, congratulations to you because being able to bring a business through the full life cycle and actually have a successful sale um, that allows you to then decide whatever, wherever, however you want to spend your time from that moment forward is like the ultimate success as an entrepreneur. So congratulations. Thank you. And my wife is happy as well, yeah. which helps. <laughs> 
<laughs> I bet so, she is. I bet she is. Happy well, wife, happy life. So now, it's all let, good. let me ask you this, Joe, because I do want to get into content marketing and there's a ton of things I want to ask you, but I do want to stay here for one quick second because I did an episode earlier this year where I was really talking about the importance of kind of um, the years, the months, the, the weeks leading up to the sale of your business ultimately and how many entrepreneurs don't even think of that it's not even part of the strategy um but ultimately you know a, a business is going to shut down uh pass along or or be sold and and obviously to sell it and to be able to sell it at a price that um creates that ultimate freedom is is really um you know something that many people wish they had planned for many years for and would like to achieve but maybe don't have all the the ducks aligned for that so i would love to just ask you you know how much planning and preparation over the the lifetime of your business did you put into making sure that when that time came that you were ready to to create that opportunity for yourself well it's a it's a great question and it's a hard one to answer but i can start with this one of the initial goals, so I, I was working as an executive in a publishing company in 2006 and then decided to launch the business in 2007, had two small kids, three and five. You know, there's never a good time to start a business, as you know. You just have to go ahead and do it, take the plunge. One of the goals was to sell the business. I actually had an amount of money that I wanted to sell it for, and the goal was in five years. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you know, just like you, you, you set goals, you have to put numbers to them. Yes. You can't just say, I want to sell my business someday. No. How much do you want to sell your business for and when? So that's, that's really good positive goal setting. Now, instead of selling it for exactly what we wanted to in five years, we sold it in nine years for way more than what I had on that piece of paper. Right. So right. I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't quite hit the goal. But here's the thing, and here's what... And, and I differ on uh, my opinion with a lot of other entrepreneurs, especially lifestyle entrepreneurs that say, oh, I want to keep doing this forever. Or they say, I want to leave this to my kids. You know what? That's fine. You still have to plan for an exit. You still yes. should, should plan for an exit because you will, even if you do that, whether you don't think you're going to sell or not, doesn't matter. If you plan for an exit properly on your own terms, you actually will run the business more profitably. You'll focus on the right types of metrics and that's what and, and I have some things that we should have done now that I've been through this process. Like I, I would have really fixed up our balance sheet. I would have really started to align the way that I budget and the way that we actually invoice a little bit more, because as you go through the process of due diligence, that's painful if you don't have those line items up from the way that sales talks about things to the way of the billing actually bills things. So that has a little bit of a pain point for us. But, you know, we got through it. But absolutely, set the goal for exiting. What do you want to do? What do you? Where do you have to be to live the life of your dreams? And you know what? If you never sell, that's fine. But you're still running the business like you're going to exit. And if you can exit on your own terms, boy, that's amazing. Because some of my really close friends had to exit. They had sickness in the family. Uh, they they didn't set they didn't uh, set their goals properly, and you know had to sell at at a price that they didn't want to sell. But I think a lot of it was because they never planned for exit. So anybody listening to this who has a business for the next week, plan that. What does it look like? Where should it go? How do you have to run the business so you can exit properly? Who would possibly want to buy your business? And you know what? If it never happens, great. You're probably doing gangbusters. Awesome. Keep going. Keep doing it. But uh, if you don't, then you know you're 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 going to set yourself up for success if you do it that way. And I think you're missing an opportunity if you don't. 
Yeah, no, that's great advice, Joe. And and I do think that the biggest benefit and, and value that you get out of that is the changes that you will make in the day-to-day starting now. You know, whether it's related to your balance sheet, your your invoicing, your accounting, the documentation of your, you know, standard operating procedures, the infrastructure. So, you know, I, I love that you started the interview this way because we're talking about, you know, using content to build a business of sub- substance and, you know, an, an audience versus, you know, just, you know, putting content out in the world. So I, I think that's a great place to start. Well, um, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you because you hit on a re- really good point here. The best part about it is you find your business model. Because what you end up doing is if you set an exit strategy and then you start to look at the people that would probably want to purchase your company, you look at their business model and you have to align your business model with somebody that wants to buy that. So, for example, we're in a we learned from the beginning. So in 2010, when we did the pivot, I learned that in order for us to create enough value to sell the company that we were going to do it around our events. We, We sell a lot of things. We sell magazine advertising. We sell online training. We sell events. Um, sell consulting, but it was the events that is the part of the business model that's the most valuable for us. If I wouldn't have looked at who could possibly buy our company, I don't know if I would have realized that. Wow. So, so that's just something that because you might not know because I've talked, you've talked with a lot of entrepreneurs, Kelly. They're like, oh, I don't. Nobody would ever want to buy us. Mm-hmm. Well, go through the process of who would want to buy you and then you look at their business model and what they value and then you could say oh i could see this portion of the business be really valuable to this group of people and then you could start to think about strategically what decisions you want to make wow brilliant mind blown uh we can stop the interview right there that was awesome thank you joe i I really appreciate it and i know that just added so much value for me and, and and it's going to for every person that hears this as well so that's fantastic um, transitioning a little bit and, and getting into, you know, your core um, expertise of content marketing, can you start by just giving your description of content marketing so we're all thinking the same way and, and focusing on, on the discussion around the same key points? Yes, yeah, sir. So basically when we, we take a content marketing approach, instead of interrupting our customers with sales messaging and, oh, buy this and here's my product and here's how great we are, what we do is we target a particular customer base or prospect base. We understand them really well. And then we start to look at what kind of information that we could send to them outside of the products and services we offer. This is valuable, relevant, compelling information. We do so, we send it out on a regular basis. So that could be take the form of consistent blog posts. It could be a podcast just like yours, Kelly. It could be a magazine. It could be an event series. And then we usually have some type of an email newsletter, some kind of a subscription opportunity where we could connect with our customers and and an email comes in really handy with this. And what you do is you build an audience. You build an audience that wants to get your information. Right now, you're not selling anything. All you're doing is you're being the world's leading expert in something. So what you end up doing is you end up looking a lot like a media company, but instead of selling subscriptions and selling advertising like a media company would, you ultimately sell more products and services. So uh, give you give you an example of an entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurial company named John Deere is one of the largest companies in the world right now. But in 1895, they started a magazine. They targeted it to small businesses. It was called the Furrow Magazine. And their only goal was not to talk about John Deere products and services. It was just to be helpful, to teach them about technology, to teach them about how they can be more successful on the farm. Well, today, the Furrow Magazine is the largest media property in the farming agricultural industry, larger than any media company on the planet. It comes from John Deere. And oh, by the way, it helped John Deere become the billion-dollar company they are. 
That's the kind of thing we're trying to do as our own organization. And if you create an audience that knows, likes, and trusts us by delivering this valuable information, they will pay you back by becoming a better customer, staying longer as customers, buying more stuff from you, whatever your ultimate goal is. So that's what we're talking about with content marketing. A lot of people might think about that as oh, YouTubers. A lot of people think about that as people that do a lot of blog posts or social media. It doesn't really matter what you, what the platform is. It's that we focus on a very spe specific audience delivering a very valuable message where we could actually possibly be the leading expert in the world. That's why we got to be really, really niche. And we do so consistently. It takes usually over 12 months to make this happen. As you know, Kelly, you started your yeah. your podcast almost 12 months ago. Now you're just, you're, you're rocking and rolling. Mm -hmm. Things are going great. I'm, a, I'm assuming the first two or three episodes didn't go all that. I mean, you didn't get a big audience, but mm -hmm. now you've got a much larger audience because you're delivering on your content promise. It's the same thing. Most small businesses, most entrepreneurs give up. They don't go through the pain points of the six to nine month period where you really are trying to build an audience. They might not trust you yet. It takes a while to get distribution. But my the reason why I love this kind of model, and we call it the content ink model after the book, is it, it takes time. It takes patience. But it's absolutely possible to do today without a lot of money. Yeah. And that's what I love. I mean, we when I launched the business in 07, we didn't have I didn't have any money. I maxed out the credit cards like a lot of businesses do. Uh, we didn't know how we were going to make it. There were points that I was ready to give up entirely because uh, we, we didn't think we were going to be successful or the products we launched didn't work, but we were able to build a valuable audience. By 2010, really had a good feeling. We had over 10,000 subscribers at that point. Today we've got about almost 200,000 subscribers. But once we got to that 10,000 subscriber mark, I'm like, oh, we're really on to something. We started launching products and services. And then, you know, we, we became, you know, I think, I don't know what year it was, 2011, 2012. We, we, were, uh, we were on the Inc. 500 list, made that three, four years in a row. Why did we do that? It's because we built an audience that started to know, like, and trust us. And because they did, they were more willing to buy our products and services. Yeah, no, love it. And so many good points there in everything that you just shared, Joe. And I think I think we've almost recently crossed the threshold and, and I would love to hear your thoughts and opinion on this. You know, I think we've gotten to the point where most entrepreneurs and small business owners understand and know and probably even do some type of content marketing. However, um, I think the effectiveness in most cases is definitely in question. Mm -hmm. um, and, and what I wonder, and I, what I wonder if you could share with us is like, what are the keys to an effective content marketing strategy versus kind of what I like to call the post and pray method where you're, you're blasting stuff out there, but there's really no return on investment for what you're doing? Boy, that's a, you cannot stress that enough. There are so many companies out there, no matter what the size, creating more content than they've ever had before, but they're not doing content marketing. They're not right. doing it strategically. So let's just talk about, so yeah, every company is po are posting stuff on Facebook. Every company has an e-newsletter out there. Um, every company is creating some kind of content that they think is valuable, but it's not really. And it's not really making an impact on customers. So basically, we just have a lot of clutter out there. Now, I actually don't think it's any, I actually think this is the best time for entrepreneurs ever to do this kind of stuff. It's just that nobody does it right. And it just blows my mind. It's not that hard. It just takes a lot of work and a lot of patience, just like anything yeah. else worth having. Yes. So let's just talk about a couple things. I mean, I, I'm not going to go through the whole process, but the, the first two parts of the Content Inc. model are you know, finding your sweet spot and your content tilt. Basically, in a nutshell, it's 
what we really have the authority to communicate about, something that we're also passionate about. And the content tilt is you actually have to tell a different story to the audience you're trying to target. You can't just, I mean, what we see most entrepreneurs out there doing, they're creating content just like everyone else's, that you could find the same thing out there from 10, 20, 30 other organizations. Well, that's not going to help. Why am I going to go to that content versus anything else? You're not going to build an audience that way. So that's why you have to target a very specific audience with a very specific thing that you could deliver value that you could do differently than anyone else in the world. And that is called the content tilt. And most people you know, do not do it. You know, we tried to do that around this thing called content marketing. Um, the Ann Reardon who has a wonderful YouTube YouTube channel called How to Cook That. Uh, She focused all of her food videos. I mean, food. Think about that, Kelly. I mean, how much content is there about food? Well, she started to do food videos on impossible food creations. So she would think of the things that nobody would ever think about doing, like how do you take five pounds of Snickers bars and put them into a cake? Well, she did that recipe, and then people started to follow her for it, and now she's hugely successful. She's, uh, she's known as the baking queen of Sydney, Australia right now. But it's that kind of content tilt, that differentiation that we have to find. So that and the second part is the critical part. Most everyone just they're like, oh, okay, well, here's a channel. Uh, let's, let's promote on Medium. Let's promote it on Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook and, and my blog and e-newsletter. The average company actually chooses 13 different channels to distribute content in. I think it's way too many. What we've looked at, and this is part of the research we did for the book Content Inc., is we looked at all those businesses, entrepreneurs over time that were successful in using this content marketing approach that became multi-million dollar companies and they did it with very little money and we tried to reverse engineer that and figure out well how did they do it well what they found out was they didn't go and spray and pray all over the place what they did is they focused on for the most part one content type was it textual plus image content was it audio content was it visual content? was it video content then they chose one content platform is it my blogger website is it your podcast on itunes is it uh, is it youtube for video whatever the case is one platform they consistently delivered so like our podcast this little marketing that we do we deliver it every monday night We've never missed a day in 141 episodes. Every Monday night, it's on there. Our e-newsletter that we send out goes out at 11 a.m. Eastern time every Friday. It doesn't go out at 11.01. It doesn't go out at 10.59. It goes out at 11 every day, that consistency. And then patience over time. Uh, the, the, The average success time period was between 13 and 18 months. So you might say, well, that's a long time. But if you think about it, in the lifespan of an entrepreneur, it's really not that much to ask if we just focus on building a loyal relationship with our audience for just 13 months. And if we do that, the payoffs are tremendous. So those are the two things, Kelly. Are you actually creating content that's differentiated and valued? Most companies don't do that. Very few do. And then don't go and and spray and pray all over the place. Go and find out what can you really do to build your minimum viable audience to start with? One content platform, uh, one content type consistently deliver over time. And that, by the way, every media company, great media company since the dawn of time, from New York Times to Huffington Post to Washington Post to NBC to ESPN, all did it exactly the same way. And even though we've got all kinds of new tools today, that's exactly the way you build a loyal audience over time. 
Wow, I absolutely love that. And it's, it's number one, it's counterintuitive. And number two, it's very different than I think what people are seeing and hearing out there today, which is why I'm so excited to share this interview. I've been talking a lot, I've been doing a lot of training recently on productivity. And because I keep hearing over and over and over again, Joe, from all the entrepreneurs that I'm working with, you know, that they know what they need to do. They just can't find enough time. They can't get in control of their schedule. They feel like they're always overwhelmed and stressed. And, you know, one of the things I, I've been talking a lot about is literally going through and eliminating as oh, much yes. as you possibly can, like just cutting things out completely from your business that don't correlate with your bank account. And so I love this message of, one primary content type, one main platform, consistency and patient with execution, and then you know making sure that you're doing it for 13 to 18 months and then kind of seeing, are you seeing that uptick? Are you seeing that increase? Are you seeing that return on investment? Because that's something everyone can do, right? And sorry, go ahead. No, you, that little snippet that you just shared about stopping things, that's the, the most critical thing you could, we could do a whole show just on that because what we see, whether you're talking about just an entrepreneur in general or where you're talking about content creation and distribution, you've got a whole lot of businesses doing a lot of stuff they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. So just focus on the stuff you're really good at that to, to your point, the stuff that's going to make a difference. And when we go in and by the way, I was just in one of the largest companies in the world. I just did a workshop for them. They go through the same challenges by the way. And we were talking about content marketing and they were telling me all the stuff that they were doing. They were very excited about it. And, you know, they just launched this video over here and they just launched this podcast. And, oh, my gosh, they just did this event over here. And they're doing all kinds of stuff. And you know what? None of it's making an impact on the business. And I mm. said, I said, you know what? First of all, all the stuff you're doing, I can get anywhere else. You're not you're not adding anything to the conversation by that. But but okay, you created this video over there and then you put it on YouTube and then now what? You're not going to do another one for like 6 months. Right. What's that? Right. This is not the era of 30-second te television spots anymore. Yes. It's like we actually have to earn attention. You have to do that through consistency. Yes. Um so I said instead of spending $100,000 on that one video, you should have spent $100,000 on a video every week. Yes, 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 yes. So anyways, it's just that kind of thing that frustrates me. So to your point, and we do this thing called the why exercise, which actually is really helpful for entrepreneurs. You just, from a marketing standpoint, list all the ways that you're communicating with your audience. Oh, we have an e-newsletter. We have an event. We do this sales promotion thing. Uh, we do this customer event thing. And we do Twitter and Facebook and just list them all. And the average small business probably has about 15 of those things that they do. And then put a why question mark at the top. And, I and list the business reason for why you do that. I want the business reason for why you're on Twitter. I bet you most businesses don't know what that is. I bet you you put Facebook and you'll get blank faces all day long. They have no idea why they're on Facebook. Right. So let's figure that out. And if you don't have a good reason, you either find a reason or you kill it. Yeah. And so I want to get that 15 down to about seven things, maybe even five or three things that you do really well better than anyone else. And that, to your point, will make a difference on your bottom line. Wow. I absolutely love that. We're, we're continuing with the theme of simplicity, everyone. And you know what? Joe is giving you a model that every single person listening um, absolutely can do. And 
we're in the age of entrepreneurship. We can do these things from our iPhones absolutely for free with a laptop and a mic that costs 50 bucks. And so, you know, every single person listening today can follow the model that Joe's giving us here. This is absolutely awesome. I do have some questions for you, Joe, around the content tilt. So I do think this is where entrepreneurs probably struggle the most is really sharing their message in a unique, compelling way that's different from everyone else that's sharing that message. Can you give any uh, exercises or questions to ask yourself or even tips on how entrepreneurs can kind of start thinking in a different way um, to maybe start working on this content tilt aspect of the model? Absolutely. Um, the thing is, is so, so the content tilt is step two. I like to talk about it because you go past the work. The work is done in step one and that's finding your sweet spot. So let's just break that down for a second because there, okay. there is some work that you can do. So Perfect. a lot of people define the sweet spot differently, but the way that I define it here as for the books, on the one side, where do you actually have an authority to communicate something? And you list those areas, like what areas are really good? So if you're a pet supplies owner, like knowing anything about RFID equipment probably doesn't matter. You know, considering the audience that you're trying to target, what is that area of authority that you have? And then on the other side, where is your personal and you can this is really good for entrepreneurs it's harder for big companies for entrepreneurs it's perfect because you ask yourself where you're passionate you're going to have to create some content whatever that is over a long period of time and you're going to have to get up and sometimes you don't want to do that so you have to find an area that you're super passionate about so list all the things you're passionate about and by the way you can go crazy like if you're passionate like i am about star wars or the color orange list those things because as you take those areas of passion and then you look at those areas of authority to who you're targeting, you start to look at that intersection. And that intersection becomes the sweet spot where you can talk about things in a new and different way that nobody else can. And that's where you really want to go. I mean, like when I didn't do the sweet spot when we started the company, but now as we reverse engineered it, I started to look at what was I what was I really good at? What did I understand? I understood publishing really, really well. We were trying to target marketers. I understood publishing and I was passionate about getting in front of people and talking to people about that. I was passionate about writing. And as I brought these things together, we started to figure out, hey, this thing could be called content marketing. You know, we sort of named it that. And we went out there, this is in 2007, before anybody else talked about it. And then we, then we went to the second step and said, like, okay, with all these things that we're really good at, the authority that we have to communicate as an organization and publishing and, and writing and all this and events and all the things that we know really well, what is that content tilt? What is that thing? And that's how the whole message of content marketing was born and advancing the practice of content marketing. So what I would recommend for entrepreneurs to do is do this exercise. It doesn't take very long. Just list your passions. What gets you up in the in whatever that is. And you probably will have around five to seven, the things that you're super passionate about. And then on the other side, list all the things that you as a business, you yourself, but then you as a business, have some credibility to communicate on. Do you have engineers in your organization that know more about something? Do you have your customer service folks that really get something? Is there something about your product that is really, really unique, maybe super valuable if you start thinking about that information? And then you just sit there with you yourself and your team and you look at those things in that sweet spot. And then what you try to do is figure out, okay, well, what's that area that we could actually be? If we combined all these things, what's an area we could actually be the leading expert in the world at something? Now, that's... That's the question that's the hardest question in the world to answer. And if you can do it, 
you will be so successful beyond your wildest dreams, but you just have to go through the work to get there. And so I want you to actually write down the question, write down the statement. What can we be the world's leading expert in as you look at all these things to your particular audience? And remember, you can't forget the audience here because if you are targeting moms at home uh, versus uh, you know retail chefs and you're talking about food, that's a very, very different communication that you're going to have. So you have to understand who you're talking to and what you're going to be the world's leading expert at to just that audience. And then so you start to figure out what your content tilt is. And I, when I've worked with entrepreneurs on this and gone through that process, it takes about two weeks to like some soul searching two weeks, yeah. Kelly. Like yeah, really, no, I mean, that, that really makes sense. figuring it out. I mean, I've talked to like your, yourself and I've, I've been on a lot of entrepreneurial shows and I actually had one of the hosts tell me, it's like, hey, we're doing okay with our podcast. And we were just talking about this live on the radio. And it's like, well, can you give me some advice? And I basically said, well, I'm looking at all your stuff. And I've been about on about 30 shows just like yours. So what differentiates your show? Mm-hmm. Why, why, why should I go to your show? And I was not trying to be mean. I was just trying to be helpful. I'm like, yeah, honestly, yeah, like absolutely. what is different about your show? And then how will people subscribing to your show actually drive revenue for your business? Yeah. And those are the things that we want to think about. So in your business, so whether you're an HVACR a dealer, whether you are a consultant of any kind, uh, whether you're a salesperson, you want to think about, okay, how do you deliver value and differentiation around that content tilt and do that consistently over time? That is absolutely different. And when you get to you'll get to a question, you say, well, who else is doing this? If there's more than, let's say, five people communicating on the topic you chose, you probably didn't go niche enough. Right, right. There's no such thing as too niche. You could go so, so, so niche. So I'll give you, I'll give you this example, then I'll go on because I'm rambling. But let's just say you're a pet supply owner and you wanted to do a blog, and this is a real situation. The pet supply owner I was talking to, a pet supply shop, and wanted to do a blog on pet supplies. So this would be great. We can we can review pet supplies and it'll be really valuable to our audience. And I said, okay, um, pet supplies blog, re- information on all pet supplies in the world. You know who's doing that? Petco, right? PetSmart. They're spending about a billion dollars a year on marketing that. How are you, Mr. and Mrs. Small Business, going to do that? So what we did is we figured out they, what they really had an expertise in was pet supplies for people that like to travel with their pets. And they started to create content specifically to people in RVs that traveled with dogs. And I'm like, brilliant. Yes. They can be the world's leading expert in that. And that's the kind of thing I want people to think about. That is fantastic. Yeah, this is this is exactly what people need to hear because I think people always, you know, question how can I compete in a market, you know, when uh, the the people that are doing the same thing as I am are, are running multi-million or billion dollar companies. But, you know, it really is about picking that one area that you are going to consistently communicate in. And I think, you know, uh, I think some of it, Joe, and I would love your feedback on this, comes down to you staying consistent in what you communicate that you're the expert in. Um, Because I think sometimes people struggle with sticking on topic and and staying over a period of time on theme. And and that's what kind of leads to brand confusion and people not really attaching to what they're doing. I mean, what what are you seeing out there with that? So, so, okay, I got another little how-to for you. Perfect. So you you didn't even plan on doing this, Kelly, but you set this up perfectly. So what... if you look at the greatest media companies on the planet, 
they all create, when they start off their strategy, they all create an editorial mission statement. And I want to break that down in a second. But that's interesting that no companies do this. We start creating our content, like you say, we throw it all over the place in all these different channels, but we don't have a real focus for what we're doing. And an editorial mission statement keeps us focused. So on the company side, on the entrepreneurial side, we call this the content marketing mission statement. So what we do is we break it down and say, and actually write this down. Who are you targeting? So every time you create a piece of content, you want to have in your head who your target is, whether you call it a persona or not, whatever. If you name that person, I don't care. Have a really good feeling for who you're talking. It helps if you're thinking about a human being. So who is that person? Is it Jeremy? Jeremy works in IT. Jeremy just got a Starbucks. Uh, Jeremy uh, likes to play uh, uh, a game, you know, video games every day. And this is these are Jeremy's problems. Here's who I'm talking to Jeremy. So that kind of a thing. So you say, okay, I'm talking to uh, people that work in IT and banks, and we're delivering uh, small form, or let's say in this case, longer form, useful information on our blog that helps them do something, live a better life, get a better job. It's actually the three things. So who you're targeting, what are you going to deliver, and what is the outcome for the audience? So anyone listening to this, if you're creating content, that's what I want you to focus on. You're only doing, you're only talking to one audience at a time. You're only communicating them one particular way, like we talked about, the one content type, one platform. And then we're only trying to help them do one thing. Are we, what are we trying to help Jeremy with? Are we trying to help Jeremy be more productive? Maybe he doesn't want to. What, we're trying to help him get a better job. Maybe that's it. Make more money. Maybe that's it. What, what, is the, what are those outcomes that we're trying to help them with? And we write that down into what's called an editorial mission statement or a content marketing mission statement. If you go to, you know, go to Inc. Magazine, for example, one of my favorite magazines, go to Inc. Magazine, go to their website, go to the About Us page. You know what you see at the About Us page? Their editorial mission statement. They'll tell you this exactly what they, who they write for, this is what they're going to deliver, and this is what the outcome. For Inc., what are they trying to communicate? They're trying to help me uh, drive more profit or drive more revenue. That's it. Mm-hmm. They're not talking about, in their content. They're not talking about selling me advertising or selling me subscriptions like we try to do a bait and switch with all our content. No, they're pure. The content is pure. They're trying to help me do something. That's how they build a relationship. And that's why I keep subscribing to Inc. So that's where you have to think of. So if you're always stuck and always creating all kinds of different blog posts or podcasts or whatever you're doing, focus, get your content marketing mission statement down. Anybody that creates content for you, make sure they have that. They're looking at it before they create content, save you a ton of money, and it'll keep you focused on who you're talking to. Yeah, absolutely perfect. I have so many notes here. And uh, guys, we're going to make a really detailed show notes for you back at kellyroachcoaching.com on Joe's episode here because there's a lot of work to take back and actually spend some time on so that you can transform all the work that you're doing into results and uh, some some spikes in your bank account. So Joe, this is absolutely fantastic. Thank you for everything that you've shared here today. I have a question for you now. So Joe, you just sold this business, you know, huge success of a lifetime. What's next for you? Oh, man. I have had a lot of people ask me that question actually recently. So we sold uh, June 1st was the official day. And I'm with the the new company uh, to do work on transition. And obviously, we're incentivized to do that through 2017. So I'm heads down. We have a big event every year in September in Cleveland Content Marketing World, as you know. So it's the largest event in the industry. And uh, so we're, we're trying to drive people to that. I will be doing that now. 
things I'm working on. I, I have a goal. I, you know, I write down in my journal what my goals are. I review them all the time that I like to write a book every two years. So I wrote Content Inc. last year. So I've got a book that needs to come out in 2017. So I'm already thinking about what that will be. I've got actually two books in mind, one from the marketing standpoint and one from the entrepreneurial standpoint that I'm working on. I'm going to continue to do speaking. Uh, but honestly, our, my big thing right now is um, we, we started a foundation called the Orange Effect Foundation. And uh, we, we, what we basically do is we fund families who need speech therapy that insurance doesn't cover. And it doesn't have to be autistic children, but oftentimes it is. And what we found out is that there's, there's no funds and they've dropped in government funds for helping people find speech therapy when they really need it. So if you're two, three, four, or five years old and you need speech therapy and you don't have the funds to do it, there's actually, it's very, very difficult to find mm-hmm. um, resources for that. So we're trying to fill that gap and, this year, we've already helped 14 families get speech therapy, get sign language, get technology that they need so that they can communicate with the world. And I'm, it's one of my passions. My son's on the autism spectrum. So that's sort of how we, we got involved in that. And uh, we've been doing this now for over 10 years. And now that I'm you know, not you know, still with Content Marketing Institute, no issue there, but definitely going to focus on the Orange Effect Foundation as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, being able to focus on the bigger picture and, and really, you know, make a difference beyond business is is definitely an exciting thing as an entrepreneur. It's really nice that as we grow our businesses and, and kind of establish ourselves that we have the opportunity to, to do that. I do want to make sure that everyone listening um, heads over and grabs a copy of Joe's last book, Content Inc., How Entrepreneurs Use Content to Build Massive Audiences and Create Radically Successful Businesses. I know Uh, the people that are listening to this right now, the number one thing that you need help with is building an audience so that you have engaged people that are going to buy your products and services so that when you do a launch, there's people waiting there that are actually excited to hear from you and want to buy your stuff. So go and get a copy of Joe's book. Um, Joe, is there anything else that you want to share today um, that you you want our listeners to take action on or anything else that you want to kind of direct them to? Well, yeah, I mean, from content-inc.com, you can actually get a free chapter. There's a little video there. So if you don't want to pay the money, you want to do a little taste test first, go to content-inc.com and then you can buy everything from there. And then I just like everyone to know is uh, we do a lot of small business entrepreneurial sessions at Content Marketing World. So if you love coming to Cleveland, which they actually just, they are in the Republican National Convention just left. So now that now that that's gone and Cleveland's still in one piece and anybody that wants to get hands-on training, contentmarketingworld.com is the place to go for that. Absolutely fantastic. Joe, you have been a brilliant guest today. Thank you so much for everything that you shared. Thanks, Kelly. Keep doing your thing. I appreciate it. All right. So for everybody listening, until next time, I want to remind you to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. And if you're not already part of the private email community at Kelly Roach Coaching, make sure you text in the word IGNITE to 44222 to get access to the videos, the audios, and the trainings that I only share there. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. And if you're not already a member of my private email community, I want you to text the word IGNITE to 44222. Text the word IGNITE to 44222 to get all the resources, trainings, swipe files, and tips I only share there. If you're not already a member, all you have to do is text IGNITE to 44222 to get in on all the action. Thanks so much.